foundation of our life to be your word. God, it's so easy to be swayed uh, to the left and to the right, God, by our feelings, by our circumstances, God, by pressure, but we just want to fix our eyes on you, God. We want, God, even when the storms rage around us, God, even when stuff happens, uh, we want to be uh, like just an island of peace in the midst of the storm. God, that everything can just be crashing down all around us, but because our lives are built on the rock, we stay steady. We have an anchor that holds. Jesus, we have, uh, our lives are built on the cornerstone that is you. And so we just thank you for always being faithful. God, for being steady when we're not. God, for being just our ever-present help in times of trouble. We trust you with our lives. God, we trust you with our thoughts. God, we trust you with every aspect of our life. fix our eyes on you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give our God a hand. Amen. Amen. You could be seated. Thanks so much for worshiping with us today. Uh, Once again, if this is your first time, just want to welcome you. Uh, We're so glad that you came to Mosaic today. Um, Just a couple announcements real quick. If it is your first time, uh, there's some Connect cards in the seat back pocket in front of you. If you could grab one and and put your information on that. And then either on your way out today, you can drop it in some buckets that the guys will have at the doors in the back. Or we have an info booth in the the lobby that you can drop it out, uh, drop it at, and then they can greet you and get to know you a little bit more. Uh, That would be so helpful to us. And we would just love to greet you this week. And so if you're new, thanks so much for coming. Uh, Yesterday here at the church, we had a great event uh, hosted by Milford Miami Ministries, Soup for the Soul. Over 200 cars came through. And uh, just what a great um, thing to support uh, the needy in our community. Milford Miami Ministries gives away food and and, and essential uh, goods to people that are in need. And so we're just so thankful for that. Um, Really cool thing I'm really excited about. Uh, with the help of uh, John Holtkamp, who's in the house today. Um, we got our website launched and up and running this last week, a fresh new website. And so I'd encourage you to check it out. Uh, a couple new things that you could do on the website. Uh, you can watch the live stream on the website. Um, you can uh, watch past messages on the website. You can do, and then there's just new information, new stuff. And so I'd encourage you to check it out if you haven't been on the website in a while. Um, And then uh, here's the biggest announcement of the day. On November 18th, uh, we're going to host Mosaic 101. And if you've been around Mosaic for a while, um, uh, this is going to be new. And so here's what we're going to do. I don't know if you know, maybe you're new, but I'm new to Mosaic. I've been here, I think this is my sixth week in the pulpit. And um, so I'm super excited to be here. Uh, this, this week, we, we traveled back to Illinois. We loaded up the U-Haul with all of our stuff out of storage, uh, pulled in last, mu- last night, and, and with the help of some amazing friends here at Mosaic, uh, the U-Haul was empty in 20 minutes. And so we might have set a Guinness Book world record. Uh, it was just empty. And um, so I'm so thankful for those guys. But man, 
in the transition and in just getting our feet wet and in figuring everything out, uh, we wanted to invite everyone, whether this is your first day at Mosaic or whether you've been here since the beginning of Mosaic, to come to Mosaic 101 on November 18th. And so this is not just for new people. Uh, this is for everybody. I really believe in a principle called uh, the alignment principle, that when we're in alignment, that with God's word, first and foremost, and then when we're in alignment with the body of Christ, we can do so much more together than we could do separately. Um, it's just a fact of life. You know, two are better than one. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. And so that, in a nutshell, is what Mosaic 101 is all about, that we all get on the same page, that if you're going to be a part of Mosaic, if you're going to be a functioning member in the body of Christ here, uh, that we're on the same page with what we believe, uh, where we're going, how we're going to get there, our strategy, our structure, our systems, all that. Uh, but, and, and so if, if, when I say strategy, structure, and systems, if that sounds kind of boring, trust me, Mosaic will not, 101 will not be boring. Uh, I'll be pouring my heart out. I'll be teaching. Uh, it'll be a great night, about an hour to, and 15 minutes of, of teaching. And so come ready to receive, come ready to take notes. Uh, we'll have notes provided for you to, to fill in. And, and, and so once again, this is for the whole church. Um, everybody needs to come to, to Mosaic 101 uh, November 18th. It's a Wednesday night at 630. Uh, because I'm asking everybody to come, we will probably meet right here in this room so that we can distance and do all that that we need to do and so that we have plenty of room. Uh, but we'll keep you posted as the date gets closer. Um, and here's another thing I need you to do. I need you to sign up. Uh, you could do that a couple different ways. You could take a Connect card out of the seat back pocket, just write on there, sign me up for 101 and put your name on it. Or you can just go on the website. On the front page of the website, if you scroll down, there's a spot to sign up. Or you can go to the events tab on our website and sign up for Mosaic 101. And so um, really for me, as your new pastor, this class is serving as a launching point for all things to come. And so I, I cannot uh, overstate the importance enough of being there uh, for this uh, special kickoff of our first Mosaic 101. And so be there uh, or be square, and uh, it's going to be a great night. Uh, last but not least, if you'd like to uh, worship God with your giving, you can do so online, on the app, and then also as you're leaving the auditorium today, there'll be some guys uh, with buckets at the back uh, if you'd like to, uh, to worship in or give in person here today. You can do that. Thanks for your generosity. Man, you guys have been amazing over the past uh, month, and I'm just so proud of you in that area. And so let's continue to be generous and worship God in that way. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your provision. God, that every time you show up, and God, when we're faithful with what you've given us, and when we sow back into the kingdom, uh, God, you always show up and, and you're, you're bound to your word that you will provide. And so we just thank you so much for that promise. We honor you. We, we give back to you today with joyful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, here we go. We're going to start uh, week three of our series, All Things New. And so we already talked about how we need a new, a new heart We've talked about how we need a new mind, and today we're going to talk about how I need a new soul. 
I need a new soul. It's one of, the th- one of the ways that we love Jesus. Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And so this week we're talking about soul. Uh, next week we're going to wrap up talking about uh, new strength that Jesus wants to give you and me. But man, I'm pumped because the, your soul is something that you will always have no matter what. It will go with you uh, into eternity. In Genesis 2, 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Because of the breath of God in you and me, we have a living soul that will never die. Now, you've maybe heard of soul music. You've maybe heard of soul food. You've maybe heard of soul care, taking care of your soul. But really, when we think about it, it's something that's hard to define. Even as I'm preparing for this message this week, man, you could find a million definitions and a million thoughts about what the soul is. But I love this one particular description from a guy named Dallas Willard. He's a great writer. He says, what is running your life at any given moment is your soul. Not external circumstances, not your thoughts, not your intentions, not even your feelings, but your soul. The soul is that aspect of your whole being that correlates, it integrates, it enlivens everything going on in the various dimensions of the self. The soul is the center of human beings. I love that description because it just kind of brings it all together that it's almost like the engine that's, that's inside of you. It's, the, it's maybe your tank that either needs to be full or sometimes it gets empty. Maybe it's the epicenter of your life. It's hard to define, but here's what we know from God's word. It's eternal. It's eternal. And when your soul is in good shape, you're in good shape. When your soul is not in good shape, you're not in good shape. Caring for your soul has been a a hot topic in recent years. Some great books written on the subject. But here's one thing that we need to remember about the soul this morning. The soul is not just an inanimate object inside of you. It's not some some just mystical thing somewhere deep within the recesses of, of you Your soul is you, right? And so when we talk about the soul, it's kind of easy to get, you know, kind of like out there a little bit. But no, we're talking about you, the deepest parts of you. It's kind of like the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when church people talk about the Holy Spirit, it's like he's out there. And he's like, and it's almost like, oh, there's just this this mysticism around. But no, the Holy Spirit's a person, He's, 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 one, he's part of the Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to live and to dwell in you. And the Holy Spirit is somebody to know, and he's a person. And in the same way, your soul is not just some weird thing deep inside of you. Your soul is you. And there's some things that drain us, that, 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 that kind of are heavy on our lives when it comes to our soul. You know, insecurity, man, will zap your soul like nothing else can. Busyness, 
And when I say busyness, I'm, just, I'm not just talking about there's a lot on the calendar because sometimes that's a good thing. I'm talking about activity without significance. That's busyness, right? Busyness can zap your soul. Comparison can totally drain your soul. When you compare and you compete with other people, you live in defeat. And when you live a life of constant comparison, your soul just withers up and it just wants to die. Constant undue pressure in life and tension, whether it's relational or just um, work tension that you just can't manage and there's pressure that is just crippling. Man, if your soul is not healthy, it will crush you, right? And even as I give some of those examples, some of you can relay it and you say, man, Joe, when you talk about it and when I just stop for a moment, and sometimes in life you just need to stop. And sometimes when it's really quiet and you're like, and you know, nobody's talking and, and maybe it's one of those rare moments where you put the phone down and you turn off the TV and there's that kind of awkward quiet and you realize that not all is well with your soul. You know, I, I was just researching this topic this week and I came across some advice from professionals. Don't you love that? It's like, who are these professionals? And uh, I don't know them, but hey, the internet says that they're professionals, so they must be experts. And we all love expert advice these days, right? And so what they said to do when you're stressed, I love this, and, and just so in case you can't tell, I'm being facetious. When, when, but but these, these are re, this is real advice from, from professionals, and some of it is good. Listen, they said, number one, when you're stressed and when life just gets really hard, number one, take action. Your body is primed to act, so go ahead and get physically moving, right? Contract your muscles, release it, and shake it out. You can march in place. Or you can wring a towel for 30 to 60 seconds. It will reboot your body and return you to physical stability. Man, that sounds good. Sometimes you need to get up and take a walk. So if you ever see me just marching in place, man, you know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> How about this? Number two, they, they suggest breathe. Just breathe. Everybody take a deep breath, right? It says hit the pause button and tune into yourself. Consider using guided imagery and mindfulness to engage in the moment. Being present will realign the bod realign the body. And then they, they give the specific advice. Think, I am here. It is what it is. It's about acceptance, not control. When I hear statements are like that, as just, I mean, dude, you know, men to men here, some of you guys, I'm just like, what? What language are they speaking? Like, I don't speak that language. Maybe you do. Maybe you really relate with that. But I don't. And so when I hear things like that, I'm like, man, it sounds so easy, but... Life is not always that easy. And then lastly, number three, the advice from the professionals is to feel good. Feel good. Take at least 30 seconds to just feel good. It'll, it'll release the same endorphins you get when you exercise. And then one particular doctor said, tap or sing along to a song. And then he says, I tell my clients to keep Play-Doh at their desk and take a minute to play. I tell you what, guys. When my soul is hurting, I need more than Play-Doh. 
And maybe, maybe you've arrived here this morning and, and man, some of these therapies and things that, you know, they can work for, for some people and some things and maybe some of them help you. And, and if you find a thing like that that works for you, man, go for it. But you will come to a point in life, just as I have and just like many people in this room have, where these kind of fixes just aren't enough anymore. Why? Because there's a God-shaped hole in your heart. There's a God-shaped hole in your heart that can only be filled by Jesus. And so there's times in life when you're facing something major and all the life hacks, all the helps in the world, all the little tricks just don't help. You know, some amazing authors over the years have written songs like, It Is Well With My Soul. And other lyrics that they say things like, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And these lyrics and these prayers weren't meant to just be sung when everything is good or when you have a moment to play with your Play-Doh. These things were written, and the scripture, like I read this morning at the beginning of service, were meant to be held on and stood on and walked through no matter what you're going through. Because circumstances in your life cannot be the determining factor of how well your soul is. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark 8, 34 through 37. He said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. And we could just stop right there and go home because we could chew on that all day, all week long, that Jesus is just saying, if you want to be my follower, you got to give up your own way. And you're like, seriously, Jesus? Yeah, you got to give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? So here from the words of Jesus himself, he's saying, man, there's a right way and a wrong way to follow me. And you better be selfless with your life. Don't have such a death grip on everything that is yours that you forget to give it away, which must be the key to a healthy soul, right? Love that. And so what do I know from that verse? That there's nothing that nurtures my soul more than being close to Jesus and doing his will. There's this shift in perspective. There's this shift instead of just taking care of me, I'm following Jesus. And when I follow Jesus, it will be well with my soul. And so this morning we're going to talk about some ways that we can love Jesus with our soul, with all of my soul. And so we're going to use 2 Corinthians Two, one through 10, and as kind of a backdrop, and I'm going to read a lengthy passage here, and you can read along with me on the screen, um, and, and, and then we're going to use that to kind of build off of today, but uh, let's, so let's read along together and hold with me. It's, it's kind of long, but it says, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die. By the way, the death rate is one out of one, Right? We will all die and leave this earthly body. 
we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies, we will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. As a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident underline that we're always confident even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies we are not at home with the Lord for we live by believing and not by seeing yes we are fully confident underline that again and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be at home with the Lord so whether we are here in this body or away from this body our goal is to please him for we must all stand before Christ to be judged we will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body man that passage packs a punch and so we're going to dig in but man the number one question for the health of your soul that I believe is answered in that passage today is why am I here It's impossible for your soul to be well if you can't answer the question, why am I here? And so let's do it today. How do we love God with all all of our soul? We do it by number one in, in the blanks in your notes, by remembering that there's more to life than this life. There is more to this life than this life. In verse 1, our passage said, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, this earthly tent that we live in is taken down. One preacher said it like this. He said, We are not a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. Right? There is an eternal part of you, your soul, that will live forever. And so the Apostle Paul says, When this earthly tent we live in is taken down, We will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. How many love camping? Any campers out there? All right. Okay, now let's take it to a whole other level. How many tent campers do we have out there? Now, here's the tough ones, right? Um, How many glampers? Anybody know what glamping is? Right? And you, you like to go camping, but you've got uh, the, the king-size mattress in the RV, you've got the air conditioning, you've got the furnace on the roof, and life is good. I can tell you, I have never been that type of camping, but it sounds amazing. If you ever want to take me, I'll go with. But the only kind of camping I know is tent camping, right? And so here's how it usually works. You throw the whole family in the grocery getter, right? You tracking? Back in the day, it was the station wagon. My station wagon growing up sat 10 people. It was amazing. And so you throw everything in, you go to the campground, and it's a whirl of activity. And, and, you know, parents are yelling at the kids, give me this, get that. 
do this, do that, no that, not that. And you're trying to spread out the tent and you're trying to put the poles to those things and you're yelling at the kids because they're not doing it right. Is anybody relating or am I just telling my personal story here, right? And so it's, it's, it's like supposed to be the most fun family activity ever, but, but you know, everybody's like, we got to get this done because night's coming. And, or, or, or maybe have you ever set up a tent in the rain and it's like warp speed. It's like, get this thing up. And so you do all this work, you get this tent set up, you crawl in, you have moderately good sleep. You know, sometimes it rains and it pours and the water comes up from underneath and you wake up in a puddle. Anybody ever woke up in a puddle? Um, and the rest of you are like, this is why I don't go camping, right? And so you wake up in the puddle and, and you dry out, hopefully during the day. The worst is when it rains all day long and you never get to dry out. And there's all just these feelings of like, man, I really just wish I could go home and get in my bed and crawl in those sheets that are dry. I just want dry feet. I just want to drive through McDonald's and not have to work so hard to prepare this meal, right? And so after you've been camping a few days, man, the intensity of the longing and the desire for your sheets in your mattress just grows. The desire to be in a perfectly temperature-controlled house grows. And by the time you're ready to go home, man, you don't even care. You're not even folding the tent. You're just like pulling the poles out, rolling it all up in a big ball, throwing it in the grocery getter and getting home. And you're like, man, I'll, I'll repack it in next spring, right? And you're just, you can't wait to get home. And so if you've ever been camping and ever, go, ever gone through those feelings, you know the intense desire to get home. And this is the same analogy that Paul gives us. What does he say? He says, this earthly tent we live in will be taken down. In other words, you get to go to your eternal permanent destination, your house built in the heavens just for you that will satisfy every desire and every need that you ever had, ever. But Paul is, in, in, is, is likening your entire life to tent living. Some of you won't step foot in a tent. And yet Paul is saying your life is in a tent. Man, I hope that you feel what I'm feeling when we're talking about the, the temporary nature of this life that it's a tent and it's supposed to be temporary. Listen, church, what if we longed for our, our eternal destination with at least the same intensity that we longed for our earthly home when we're tent camping? And then here's the even bigger question. How would it change how you lived if you were living to get home. Eternal significance. 
You know, one thing that I've never seen, and it's especially fresh for me because I drove a U-Haul for seven hours yesterday, but I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul, right? You're not going to take it with you. And this earthly tent you're living in at some point is going to get taken down and you're going to step into to eternity and your soul is going with you. Number two, the second thing that we know, that if we, want to re- if we want to love the Lord our God with all of our soul, we have to remember that both now and later are included in eternity. You know, eternity isn't just future. Eternity is forever. Like, we've already lived portions of eternity, right? You think about it, 2,000 years ago when people were living, like when we're living now was a part of their eternity, like their future, right? And so with every passing moment, we are living out eternity, which means that now and later are both included. Now, some of you got the the great privilege of having a now and later on your notes, right? And maybe just to remember that, man, it's not just now and it's not just later. It's both And so when we talk about eternity, a lot of times we just think about someday. But the big principle here is to remember that I'm living my someday right now spiritually. The same soul that is going to live forever in my heavenly body and worship Jesus for all of eternity is with me right now. It's the same person that's going to worship him then that can worship him now. And so 2 Corinthians 5, 9, I might have put it wrong in my notes. I believe we're in chapter 5. And so I might have said it wrong earlier. So we're 2 Corinthians 5, correct? 5, 9. It might have been wrong in the notes earlier. I apologize. So 2 Corinthians 5, 9, so whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. So basically Paul is saying, you better take care of your soul both now and later whether you're here in this body or you're there in your heavenly body, your goal is the same. It's to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Right? What I do now will matter then. Man, we we sang that amazing song earlier, I will build my life on him. What's at the root of your life? What is the driving force of your life? Is it to please Jesus or is it to serve yourself? I love whoever said, the root determines the fruit. Whatever is at the core of your beating, whatever is at the deepest parts of your life, whatever your soul is really living for is gonna determine the fruit. And so the question is, is my life built on eternal principles. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, Solomon said, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Man, how true is that? We know that we're gonna live forever. We know that we have eternity planted in our hearts, but we can't see the whole picture. And so what do we do? 
We say, God, with this life that you've given me, with this breath that you've given me, given me, with these moments that on earth that you've given me, I want to live to please you. Church, this is why we as human beings long for significance. This is why people want to be remembered. This is why people like want to be like recognized. They want to be recognized because they know that there's something in them that says, my life is more than just this. It's why people ask the question, why am I here? Because we know there's more to this life. The third thing today, if we want to love Jesus with all of our soul, we must take care of the eternal parts of me. I must take care of the eternal parts of me. You must take care of the eternal parts of you. Just because you're here doesn't mean that you were originated here. It doesn't mean you're going to end up here. Man, a good example of this in God's word is Daniel. In the Old Testament, Daniel was a character who was taken from his homeland and he was, he was living a life of exile in a foreign land called Babylon. So he was an Israelite living in Babylon. And the most important part of Daniel was that he knew he was in a foreign land. He knew that Babylon was not his home. And so because he knew that he wasn't living in his home, he didn't do things like that. He didn't live the Babylon way. So there's a a few different stories. The first one is about food. And I'm not talking, I'm really literally talking about food today, but Daniel chose to live his life differently based on God's word and his principles. And then there was another story, uh, you know, with Daniel and his friends and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they they were supposed to bow down to this statue of the king and they said no. And they said something incredibly impactful. They said, And if they didn't bow down to the statue, they were going to get thrown into the fiery furnace. And they said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve will be able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, okay, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you've set up. So basically, they were so confident deep down in their soul that this was not their home that they were, they were willing to risk their life to stay true to their God. Later on in the story, Daniel got set up. Maybe you've heard the story, Daniel in the lion's den. Well, the whole reason he ended up in the lion's den was because of his devotion to God. And so when they blackmailed him and set him up, it was all because he wouldn't give up his daily devotion to Jesus where he would open the window and he would pray and he would spend time with God. You see, Daniel and his friends knew what it was like to take care of the eternal parts of themselves even when they lived in a world that was contrary to their eternal home. And I hope this is making sense, that you and I have to take care of and tend the eternal parts of our life. You know the worst possible thing for your soul? To spend your life on worthless things. We have to fix our eyes on eternal things. 
You know, there's a lot of, of suggestions out there these days on how to take care of your soul. You know, there's a lot of things that rejuvenate your soul, like rest and reflection. Man, when we just sit in God's presence and we reflect on his word. I love this saying, reading without meditating is like eating without digesting. We can't just read God's word. Man, we sit and we let it soak and we let it and we meditate on it and we get it deep down in our hearts, right? So this is definitely one way that we take care of the eternal parts of us. We put God's word in our hearts. We recalibrate. We're constantly adjusting our life and our habits to bring them under the lordship of Jesus Christ. You know, I think about the example of Mary and Martha where Martha was busy fixing the house and cooking the food and doing all the busy work, but, Je- but, Martha, but Mary just sat at Jesus' feet. And Jesus told Mary that, man, she had found what was better. And so, man, there's so much to be said of just being in God's presence and resting in his presence. But that's not all. And this is, man, what I really want to get across to you during this point, that when you take care of the, of the eternal parts of your soul, it's not just like these spiritual spa days that fill your spirit. And those are amazing. Like when you get away on a, on a retreat by yourself and you just spend a day reading God's word and soaking in God's word, those days are amazing and we need them. So that's part of it. We got to spend time at Jesus' feet. But there's also the doing. And it's both and. It's, it's being, I'm going to be a child of God. This is who I am. And if everything is taken away from me, if I'm going to get thrown in the fire furnace, so to speak, which none of us are going to get thrown in a fiery furnace, but if that was presented, you know what? Even if God doesn't save me, I'm going to serve him. That kind of attitude, that's who I am. That's me being a child of God. But then there's the doing. There's the doing. Stepping into the fire with the Savior. You know, not bowing. I'm, I'm not going to... to, to um, capitulate to the the things of the world. I'm not going to let it run me over. I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to stand strong in my moment of weakness. That's doing. You want to take care of the part, the the eternal parts of your soul, then you're going to stand strong in the moment of weakness. Conquering your biggest struggle. Man, Jesus calls you more than a conqueror. He doesn't want you to always be a doormat that gets run over by the enemy. He wants you to be a conqueror in Jesus' name. You see, sometimes when you want to care for your soul, when you want to care for the eternal parts of you, it's not just about getting a day at the spa. It's not just about getting a day spiritually soaking. Sometimes you need a win. Sometimes you need to conquer something in your life, which takes a lot of hard work, which takes a lot of endurance, which takes a lot of steadfastness in your spirit. Sometimes we're just like, man, I just need a day to get away. And Jesus is just wanting to tell you, no, you need a win. You need to conquer this thing that keeps beating you up in life. Sometimes, man, if we're going to, take care of the eternal parts of our soul, we need to lead somebody to Jesus. We need to do the will of God. 
Jesus one time said to his disciples, he said, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Man, sometimes you just need to get away and be with Jesus. But maybe for some of you today, you've tried that and you still feel empty. And it could, feel that you're, it could be that your soul is not well because you've not put feet to your faith and begun to do the will of God. I love that, that Jesus looked at his disciples in the eye and he said, you know what? Man, I am most filled up. I am most energized when I'm doing the will of God. Man, if you want to take care of the eternal parts of your soul, we got to be in the presence of God. we got to stand firm, full of faith, Sometimes you've got to step up to the plate. I love the story of Zechariah in Luke chapter 1, 18 through 20. And Zechariah was the father of John the Baptist. And when, the, when Gabriel came to Zechariah and told him that his wife was going to have a baby who would prepare the way for the Lord... Zachariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. And the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent, unable to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. I love this. Why? Was Gabriel able to have such confidence in God and Zechariah was not? Because Gabriel was in the presence of God. And so if you want to care for the eternal parts of you, you've got to get in God's presence. Not just here on a Sunday morning. Maybe when you wake up in the morning, you kneel beside your bed. Maybe you go into a room in your house where nobody else is and you shut the door and you get on your knees and you get open your Bible and you spend some time in God's presence because if you don't spend some time in God's presence, then you, can't, then you probably won't have the faith to believe what God says about you. Gabriel was in the presence of God. Zachariah apparently was not. I love what Psalm 57, 7 says. It says, my heart is confident in you. Oh God, my heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. And so church, I want to challenge you today as we close. If you want to love God with your soul, with all of your soul, you, first of all, you've got to get an eternal perspective. This world is not my home. I'm not, this is a temporary tent I'm living in. I'm here to please my Savior. We got to remember that, man, when we don't spend time in God's presence, we begin to believe more in our own power than God's, and it drains the soul. Our soul stays intact when we stay in the shadow of the Almighty, right? When we stay in the shadow of the Almighty, just like that verse I read earlier, we stay in His shadow. And when we stay in his shadow, we get perspective. We realize there's more to this life than this life. We realize that both now and later are included in eternity. And we realize that I've got to take care of the eternal parts of me. 
If I'm going to live this life, if I'm going to be the person God's called me to be and I'm going to do what God has called me to do, I have got to take care of my soul. And so I know the soul is kind of a, a hard topic to nail down. But man, I hope you've got some handles. And this week, man, you're getting up on Monday morning and you're saying, God, this world is not my home. God, help me to live today like it's not my home. God, help me to live today in light of eternity because what I do now is gonna matter in eternity. God, help me, help me, Jesus, to be mindful of the eternal parts of my soul, my relationship with you, spending time in your presence, doing what you're asking me to do every day, putting feet to my faith in Jesus' name. If you're here today, if you could bow your heads and close your eyes and you don't know Jesus, and as today I've talked about, man, there's a hole in your heart and something's missing, and man, there's just something not right with your soul, could it be that you need to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ? Could it be that you maybe knew religion, but you don't have a relationship with him? Could it be that you've been trying in your own power and in your own might to do this, this life and to just do all the right things to get to heaven, but you've realized that you need a savior. You need to accept the free gift of salvation that Jesus gives you by his death on the cross. And he rose from the grave so that you could have his Holy Spirit take residence in your heart and your life. And you just say, Joe, that's me today. Man, the number one problem with my soul today is that I don't know Jesus and I need a savior. If that's you today and you'd like to give your heart, give your life to Jesus Christ today, I'd like to help you with that. And so your first step of obedience today is to just to acknowledge that you need Jesus. And today we're gonna do that by just raising your hand. If you acknowledge I need Jesus, I need a savior and I wanna give my life to him, I just invite you to raise your hand as an act of a surrender to heaven and say, Jesus, I need you. If that's you today, just raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Those that have raised your hand today, right there at your own seat. I just want to encourage you to pray a prayer. Maybe it's the first prayer that you've ever prayed and just invite Jesus into your heart, invite him into your life. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you rose again, and I want to live every day from this day forward for you and not myself any longer. I commit my life to you. Man, I wanna encourage you if you just made that decision to get a Bible. If you don't have one, come see me after service. I'll get a Bible in your hands today. And maybe start in the book of Mark and just begin to read about all the amazing things that Jesus did. And every single day, spend some time taking care of the eternal parts of you, your soul. Spend time with Jesus. Do what Jesus asks. Follow Jesus. Take up your cross. Give up your own way and do things God's way. Amen. Stand with me today. God, we thank you that you have given us a soul, the eternal part of us. It's gonna live with you forever. And so God, we commit ourselves to you. I ask that we live in obedience to you. God, we wanna be able to pray and sing that prayer. It is well with my soul, with confidence.
because we're in your presence, because we're walking with you. And so Jesus, help us. Help us to follow you with every choice we make this week. Bless our families, bless our work life. Let everything we do have the backdrop of eternity behind it. With our eyes fixed on you, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Everybody, thank you so much for being at Mosaic. Um, I encourage you to hang out, get to know somebody new after service. If you need to to give today, the guys are, are in the back. If you need to drop your Connect card, don't forget to do that. Don't forget to sign up for Mosaic 101 on the website, and uh, we'll see you real soon. Have a great week. You're dismissed.